Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two lying around and would like to be a patron of this podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Jim Carrey. Desperation is a necessary ingredient to learning anything or creating anything, period. If you ain't desperate at some point, you ain't interesting. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Music Podcast, episode 62. No new patrons this week, but huge thanks to all the folks keeping gas in the tank of this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you this week from my home in St. Paul, Minnesota. Frigid below zero weather today. But that's okay. Copper, the Wonder Golden, is resting today from all the traveling as of late and finishing up her therapy dog work for canine-inspired change season at Waite Park last Tuesday. Coco, the tuxedo kitten, CEO of Castle Sterry here, has a fresh bird feeder full of food and a new kind of catnip driving her nuts, so she's busy today as well. I'm excited to go to my birthday dinner tonight at my favorite restaurant on planet Earth, Mancini's in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks to all the folks who wished me a happy birthday this week. Like they say, never complain about growing older. It's a privilege denied to many. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. I got a flat tire earlier in the day and was waiting on the new tire, so I recruited my buddies Jeff and Corey to be roadies to get me to and from the show. Huge congrats to my friends Jolene and Ella for winning the Las Vegas trip. Thursday, Brian K. Johnson and myself heading on up to Milltown, Wisconsin to rock out at my 10th appearance at the Hacks Pub Christmas Party. Best of luck to Reed and the new line of Sunnyside Marina merchandise. And also to Paul and Joby for their planning of opening a Santiki bar in their basement. Thursday, while having a breakfast sandwich at one of my favorite places, Pure and Simple in Amory, Wisconsin, I ran into Lemoyne and Mary Ellen McLaughlin, my very first music teachers. Had a blast catching up with them. Later that day, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself braved the snowstorm and made our way to Lucky's 13 in Plymouth, Minnesota. Glad to see our fans, Tammy, Ozzy, and the crew there despite the road conditions. Excited to be starting some Thursday night happy hour shows there in 2017. Saturday, Johnson and myself headed down to Forest Lake, Minnesota to rock my birthday show at Finelli's by the Lake. Great to see Ryan and Kim from the old New Delhi days. Big thanks to Freddie Jr. for all the fireball shots, and thanks to the White Bear Lake Bears hockey team for rocking out with us. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, December 21st, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. 
Thursday, December 22nd, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota from 4 to 7 p.m. Guest this week is part two of three with popular Midwest country music frontman Tim Sigler. We discuss country rap, doing what you love for a living, performing live with no monitors, Minnesota Wild TV commercials, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, part two with Mr. Tim Sigler. We're still here at beautiful old Chicago in Roseville, Minnesota, and we had the speaker down behind us for the first part, and at the end, this song kicks in, and it's still just blaring, and they turned it down yet, but what is this again? You got to turn it up when it's a little Kansas wayward song. Carry on, wayward song. this one there, Tim? You know, this is one of those songs where the, the band, when the band's doing soundtrack, they'll break out into this song, and I'm like... If I could sing it, I'd join along with them, but I'm like, I can't. You don't sing in an octave lower country? Like, <laughs> yeah, carry on. <laughs> wayward son, guys. <laughs> yep, that's the way to do it right there. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, so what's some of the silliest covers you guys have ever had to do? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Some I of mean, the modern stuff, country stuff, gets a little silly, don't you think, every now and then? Well, it's a little silly. We're we're pretty selective about not doing anything too crazy. You know, we're not we're not doing the same hunts or... Any of that stuff. I mean, we, we did a couple of the the Luke Bryan ones, you know, Shake It For Me, Country yep. Girl, you know, stuff. But, I mean, that's just fun dance stuff. Um, we've not done anything too silly, per se. Okay. Have you, have you, I've, that's what I'm going to look up. Do you do the country rap? I try not to. <laughs> I try not to. I, I can't stand it. So, you know, I'm all about playing what's popular and, and, you know, playing to the playing to the pe- what people want to hear, but uh, I do have a, a little bit of a line in the sand when it comes to the country rap. I tr- that's one I. What's that big? Hit, sitting on a dirt road. You do that one. Chilling on a dirt road. Uh, you roll through that. That was one of those songs where it's like, okay, I can't stand it, and then I'm like, it was such a big hit that people were asking for it all the time. Back in the day, Pops Farm was a place to go. Load the truck up, hit the dirt road. Jump the barbed wire, spread the word. Light the bonfire, then call the girls. King and the can and the Marlboro man. Jack and Jim were a few good men. Will you learn? That's one of those ones where it's just like, okay, I'll, I can do that one. But then it's like, a lot of times I'll bring people up and they'll sing it for me or whatever. Bert, that's an idea. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Let you get up here and rap it. Because I, I sound like a fool if I try to rap Oh, I dumped that off on another musician for sure as quick as I could. Um, so, so, okay, we're talking about your band. So who is in your band currently? Currently, I have uh, Bruce Fosberg on guitar, well-known guy. He played, worked with Mahoney for years, didn't he? He was with Mahoney for 12 years. He's played with Martin Ziller for a couple of years. Actually, he just told me he's doing a gig with Martin coming up in a couple of weeks, doing a Neil show with Luke Kramer and, and Bruce... If you got Thursday, December 15th, I think it is. I think it's December 15th. They're playing a Neil show downtown St. Paul, and you'll see Luke Kramer and Bruce Vosberg on guitar. It, I would pay a lot of money to watch that show. I got to show myself so I can't go. But, like, to see those two, you know, those two are legend, kind of legendary guitar players yeah. here in town, and it would be amazing to watch that with Martin Zeller, of course, Nick Ciola on the bass. But uh, no, Valley's on that one if it's a Neil show, and Allie will be there too. Yeah, so Allie wow. Gray. So yeah, Luke's been on the podcast. He's a great guy. Love Luke. Love Luke. 
took a, took a few guitar players from Luke back in the day down at Willie's Guitars when I moved to St. Paul. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I was actually trying to learn to play guitar. I think I just wanted to hang out with Luke Kramer because he's seemed like a cool dude with still cool dude. GB Late, and I was like, yeah, it's, I'll pay money to hang out with you. <laughs> I was blown away about how many musicians he'd worked with or opened with or opened for before is all of this GB run and whatever. Yeah, he's met every blues guy in Planet Earth. Jamie that's crazy. Because he's he had to be with Leighton for at least fifteen years. I bet. I forgot. I have to look back at the old podcast. But he bet. said it was a number of years. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, but so uh, Vosberg's in the band. So Bruce Vosberg on guitar, uh, Travis Schilling on bass guitar, and then Dan Pettit on drums. And those guys have been with me for now for nine years. Nine and a half years, so uh, next year we have the big 10-year anniversary, so that'll be, uh, we'll do something fun for that. Wow. Yeah. You've kept the band together for 10 years. 10 years without any uh, anyone coming or going, yeah, it's crazy. It seems, it seems like it's only been a few years, but... Do you have any advice for people that are putting together a band, how to keep them together, besides pay them well? Well, pay them well, that's always, that always helps. Um, well, okay, so... <laughs> I there you've were always run a real tight ship there, Tim. I've always looked up to you for that. You've always done your own thing. You've kept bands together for every boys, had good gigs, made good money. Any advice for the rest of the folks? Okay. I, 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 I'd run it like a business. And I know a lot of musicians don't like to talk that way, where it's like in business terms and things like that. But I think for a, a, a musician that's you know starting out and wanting to to get gigs and and to maybe possibly make a living at it someday, I think you have to really run it like a business. And uh, you know I remember here reading. I used to read books about you know idols of mine growing up. You know, and I remember J- John Mellencamp you know, having a quote something to the extent of like you know if you run a band like a democracy, nothing will ever get done. And so I kind of I kind of took that route, and I I was part of bands where it's like everyone had, you know, their opinion, and nothing got done, and like people, everyone wanted to learn their own particular favorite song, and it, you know, it it makes it really tough to move forward as a group when you're everyone's pulling in different directions. So I kind of got away from that, and and that's kind of one reason when I started, you know, from Lucky Town when I started doing country again, I was gonna like be like okay. I'm doing. I started doing a lot of acoustic shows as Tim Sigler, and I'm just gonna make this a Tim Sigler band. And that way, if I'm there, whoever's playing with me, it will be the Tim Sigler band. They're not looking for particular faces, or you know, clubs can't say, "Well, that one dude's not here." You know, it's like, no. You, if you're booking the Tim Sigler band, then you're gonna get me and some guys with me. And I'm thankfully I've had the same guys with me for like you know, almost 10 years now, but. Uh, you know, as far as longevity goes, you know, I think that that uh, these guys are all professionals, and uh, I've had a lot of guys that weren't professional, and I've had a lot of uh, periods of playing before this current band where you know I maybe had like five or six guitar players in a year, you know, where it's like come and go, and there's you know musicians get a bad rap for being irresponsible, and and there's a lot of people out there that that you know make that a a very worthwhile name. I mean, to to cause to call them by that. So I mean, you know, it's we get a bad rap, but a lot of people earn it. Yeah, the stereotypes. Stuff the stereotypes is, live up a lot. Yeah, I don't think it's that far off. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. Um, 
how long have you been playing full time? So, I think I'm on 11, 12 years full time. You're before me. I think my last real job was probably like in 2000, maybe 2001. So 15 or 16 years wow. full time without, you know, doing anything on the side. But there was a lot of times where it was like, you know, working side gigs and doing all that stuff. Yeah. You know, but you do what you got to do when it's like. Do you envision yourself doing this the rest of your life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I started out, you know, at moments where I was like, oh, I can't do this, I can't make it work, crowds aren't big enough, can't get gigs. Um, and that's tough, you know, it's like you wrestle with that, especially when you're starting out and you're, you know, I was coming out of college with a degree and it's like, what do I do? It's like, I knew what I wanted to do, and, but it's like, realistically, you know, I was getting, getting married and, you know, wanting to start a family. It's like, well, what do you do? I mean, how can you feasibly make this work? And so it's just one of those things where you have to, like, it's kind of an all or nothing thing almost. But I, I know some guys that just do it for fun on the side. But, but uh, if you really want to do it for a full-time job, I think you got to just dive it all in and just go for it, you know. It takes a certain breed. It does. It does. I mean, um, I remember, uh, you know, going back to the O'Gara's days, you know, to this day when I walk in, some of the guys that are still there will say, hey, it's the promo guy. And they call me promo guy because when I was starting out, if I didn't have a show, I would be out at the shows there handing out flyers for my show the next day or whatever. And it's just like promoting nonstop. And it's just like you got to work hard and you got to just really no one's going to help you do it. If you have a booking agent or whatever, you know, they might help to get you a gig, but they're not going to really do a lot of the grunt work that you got to do yourself if you want to really make it work. And you book all yourself, correct? Yeah, we do all the book all the booking myself. I do mine so, too. Um, um I you, think you I know talking with you you've had run-ins with booking agents and stuff that you've worked for but you prefer just to do it by yourself yeah I prefer to do it myself I've done it almost almost exclusively myself the whole time I've been doing it full time there was a couple couple maybe a year and a half or so where I had agents involved and uh, I just didn't like I didn't like the lack of freedom I I wanted to be in control of you know where we played what we played how things worked with bars stuff like that so so do you envision running this country thing for the rest of your life? Do you see it or just taking it as a journey and adventure and just going to branch off to whatever you feel like doing? Or um... I for sure see me playing country for the rest of my life. I mean, that's definitely what I want to do. And it's, it's one of these cheesy deals where people say, what would you do if you won the lottery? You know, find your passion. You know, what would you do? Well, I, I would do what I'm doing right now. So, you know. Me too. I love it. I love getting up there and singing country music and being part of the the party, the crowd. You know, it's like I want to be there. You know, if I wasn't if I wasn't playing, I'd want to be at that party. Whoever is playing is like that's what I want to do. You know, so you know, it's nice that this is my job and that I get paid to do it. But it's like that's literally what I want to do. And, and I think that's one reason why it works too. Is like, you know, I'm not out there just. BSing, you know, like yeah. I'm literally having the time of my life every time I get up behind the microphone. Love it. Yeah, I agree. I had a booking guy 
talked to me recently, and we were talking about some other folks that played this venue that we were playing at, and and he goes, well, you guys are different. You guys actually like to play. He said that to us. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's true. I do. I love to Sad. play. Um, another guy that's kind of in our same age bracket in our era is, uh, I did a show a couple summers ago with Vintage Rags Boys and Burkhart. You remember Dave sure. Burkhart? Yeah. Burkhardt sat there after we're all done and no one wanted to, we were all tired. He still went up there and kept playing and playing, and, keep playing, playing. and playing. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. About for sure. some of these Twin City scene hardcore guys like us. Yeah. That even when all the bands are done, we'll still sit there and keep going because we love doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of other venue scenes where they don't have 2 a.m. closing times, I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, can you imagine how cool it would be if we could stay up until 3 or 4 in the morning up here? I mean, like, granted, we might get a little tired. We might lose some our voices every once in a while. But, but it's like sometimes I just don't want to stop. It's that wow. much fun. I'm kind of pulling out of that late night stuff. You still enjoy that late 2 in the morning stuff? I enjoy the 2 in the morning stuff. I don't enjoy the next morning stuff. That's what gets me. <laughs> it's all perspective. Um, what are your observations? You've been playing since full time since the early two thousands. What's some of your observations about the Twin Cities music scene? Ooh. Do you think, uh, like for example, do you think now it's more cover? Like we the band, bands you'd mentioned earlier, you let you liked were like Daisy Head and GB and Martin, uh, primarily like original bands. Yeah. Um, and now. You had the Bruce Springsteen tribute band. Mm -hmm. um, how? What do you think about the crowds over the years, and where do you think we're sitting at right now? I've, I mean, I've never been a one to to notice the change in original versus cover, or what works and what doesn't. I can't really notice that. I, but the music scene now is way more uh, difficult these days. It's. Uh, I remember. You know, when I was, you know, 16, 17, helping to run sound down in Oatana. And then when I moved to the cities, you know, when I was like 19, 20 and just get started up here, bars with live music would be packed. Almost all bars with live music would be packed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. I mean, we're talking like nonstop, high energy crowds. And now it's hard to pull for a lot of live venue places to pull on Friday and Saturdays. I kind of understand what's happened a little bit in the sense that it worked so well back in the day that uh, the number of venues that have live music has probably quadrupled or, or then some. I mean, it's, there's so many venues that have live music, so it's, it's give and take. It's great because it helps to uh, give more bands a chance, but at the same time, it spreads things a lot more thin. Um, there's also, you know, quadruple more bands. So there's a, there's a lot more people doing it as well. So it just makes it, it makes it tougher to make a living doing it as a, as a musician. Yeah. As compared to back in the 90s especially. I'd say the 90s and the early 2000s were kind of probably the heyday from what I've noticed and from guys that I've talked to. 
you know, we're just like, you know, just packed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just crazy crowds. That's what I've heard, too, Yeah, talking on this show. You wonder what there's, I worry about sometimes, is that what there's so, when there's so many venues that have either acoustic stuff or full band stuff, whatever, there's so many of them, and they hire these bands or whatever, I think it sometimes it waters it down. And so oh, there's, for sure. There's some bands aren't the greatest, not to rip yeah. on anybody's art or whatever. No. But I think that really puts a bad taste in people's mouths sometimes when they Just. come to a show. I'll set up at a show that has multiple bands coming in a month or whatever. As soon as they see me walking with a speaker guitar, they're out. Yep, here comes another loud band. Here yeah. comes the loud band yep. or, the, or the crappy band. Yeah, and it's... that I don't remember that. I just I just see that nowadays now, and you really got to win them over. We start as quiet as we can and build up, and then to get them, lest they know you. Um, it just it's a kind of a uh, yeah, it's, st- it's, that stereotype again. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an issue where you know, like you said, there's just way more venues, there's way more bands, you know, good or bad. You know, um, it just makes it tougher. I mean, it it does make it a lot tougher for for bands trying to make a, a living doing it. I like running over to Wisconsin and rocking out for those folks. I know you do too. Don't oh you? yeah, they, they have you a good time over there. A bit, don't you? Absolutely. <laughs> Aren't but, you playing at River Falls this week? Let's see. Uh, yeah, I'll be doing. Uh, well, not what's today? Tuesday? Not not this week, but next Wednesday I'll be there. And that's at uh, Steve's. What's his name? Sh- Shooters Pub and River Falls. I used Falls. to play there. Yeah. Little 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 bar, but no, I love it. So it's just a solo acoustic show, so it's a good time. River Falls, Moo Yu, I used to call it when I was a stout guy. Nice. But uh, I used to love playing down there. It's been oh, a number of years. It's a fun, years, fun but, town. Uh, I mean, college towns are fun. I mean. So do they provide the PA for you? you I bring it. You know, it's just out? it's just me and my guitar and uh, Mike. So I bring a little speaker, and they've got a little PA I can tap into too. But okay, you're one of the first guys I knew that that did like a lot of inner ear monitor stuff you still do all that you know i don't use monitors at all myself but uh my drummer and bass player both use monitors um bruce on guitar he just he wears earplugs and just doesn't use monitors either so So you just um, listen to the mains we listen to the mains yep how do you do that that's you know going back to what you you were asking about advice for starting out bands and keeping longevity and stuff I think that we got so used to not being spoiled. I think a lot of bands, when they get spoiled, when they're starting out, then they have high expectations all the time. We have no expectations. So when we go to a venue and they have a monitor, it's like, well, geez, Louise, we we feel like, uh, you know, we're Prince up there or something. So, you know, uh, we just, we don't expect anything. And that way, everything's awesome. That's cool. I That's... don't use a monitor either for solo stuff. Or when I played with Daniel, all his years, we never used a monitor. But so you have you just listen for what's coming out front. Yeah, I mean if the, if the venue's got something there, then we'll use it. But uh, you know we do a lot of shows where it's just us bringing our own PA. Yeah. And that's been a huge huge advantage to us over the years. Is is there's a lot of rooms that don't have that stuff. So we have our own stuff, and we don't have a sound guy. You know, we just we plug in and we run it from the stage. You know, and granted, it might help to have a sound guy every now and then. I love all you sound guys out there listening, but uh, no, we we're we're just you know call us cheap or whatever. But we we don't use a sound guy, we don't use monitors, so it just it makes it real easy and, and we're used to it. So it just when we show up, it's like uh, 
It's just we, we set up and we do our thing and we we that just go. It sounds like the Chuck Berry way of doing things. I love it, yeah. <laughs> Amen. That sounds more rock and roll than you think there, Tim. Absolutely. That's uh, rock and roll. How? So I know you do a lot of festivals and stuff mm-hmm. like uh, Country Fest, Country Jam, Windstock. For the people listening... How does that go about? Like, do these people like like? Can you just get like the experience of a, of a performer yeah. at one of these big events? It's a different type of show completely because when you when you roll in there, it's like when we when we do a bar gig, we walk in, we kind of know exactly what we're working with. It's like you know, hey, people are here to drink beer, have a good time with us. We're gonna throw a party. When you're the first band to play at a festival at noon or whatever. You're lucky if, you know, the people that are still passed out in their tent are waking up to, you know, come hear you at, at 3 or 4 in the afternoon. I mean, so it's a totally different deal. And, uh, you know, you get, you get I'm not going to, well, I shouldn't say this, but you get kind of treated like dirt a little bit at, at some of these things. Just because you're Joe Schmo walking in and out the street. You have no record label. You have nothing. You're driving a pickup truck or whatever, trying to pull up in between big buses, you know, out of Nashville or whatever. So it makes it, it's a little intimidating, but it's like, it's all perspective. And you just have to decide what what you're there to do. And, and, and our whole thing has been like, we're just there to have a good time. And it's like, you know, if, if there's a couple people in the crowd, you know, that know us, and if there's 10,000 empty seats, but like 10 people in the front row that know us that are having a good time, we're playing for those 10 people, and we're going to make the most of it. That's awesome. Is there any festival standouts over the years you'd like to talk about? Like at a country jam, any cool experiences? I know I used to do, for just for example, I used to play at, uh, what's that, uh, Moondance for yeah. a number of years? Yep. And I got to see Tracy, oh, it's been, uh, what's his name, Trace Atkins. Oh, nice. Throw a shit fit. Oh, really? At breakfast. I was sleeping in a tent somewhere because we had a, it was a two-day event deal and I slept in some hot tent and woke up. And I'm, oh, man. So I got up to work on a set list. So I went to the stage we plan, and they had a breakfast coming through, and he walked in there, and the little girls working didn't know who he was. He's like a Frankenstein. He's like seven feet tall. Um, it's funny. We, have a, we, we did Winstock one year, and uh, it was Winstock or Firefest. I can't remember. One of the western suburb festivals, and Trace Atkins was the headliner. And uh, we were there and uh, backstage. We're hanging out, you know, just trying not to get in anyone's way. And here comes Big Trace Atkins, you know, like all seven feet feet of him, seven feet of him. He's walking back there, and he's like, hey, y'all, you know, talks with a super deep voice, just shakes the ground and uh, shakes her hands. And, and uh, my drummer's wife, her name's Jen, she's like, and who are you, you know? And he, he thought that was the coolest thing ever, you know, like. She had no idea. She didn't know who any of these guys were. So we loved that. And, but Trace thought that that was the best thing ever, that, you know, his face is all over the posters. And <laughs> well, when they, didn't, they, when they didn't know who he was at breakfast. Yeah, apparently not. It was a total opposite reaction. Yeah, he was a little not, not too happy about that one. I'll leave that. Okay, Mr. Tim Sigler, thanks for being on the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Uh, story behind the song segment. I wonder if I could find this online. 
Didn't you do a commercial for the Minnesota Wild? We did. Uh, it was in their playoff. It was for the playoffs probably like, I can't remember if that was 2000. I can't even remember the year it was, but it was like four or five years ago or something. Yeah. And it was a, it was based on uh, the Big and Rich song, Loud. And it's just kind of a party anthem type song. And some of the words were changed to fit the Minnesota Wild team yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, we did we did that, and that was really cool. It did a video in the locker rooms and stuff. And I remember I saw that at a show with Daniel. All right, I'm trying to hunt that down for the story behind the song segment. Tune in next week for part three with Mr. Tim Sigler. We're going to be chopping it up on some country music talk. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go some fun. Till next time. XL Energy Center. We thought it would be a good idea to bring you some Minnesota Wild highlights, and there have been a lot of them this season. We also thought it would be a good idea to team that up with some music from St. Paul's Tim Sigler and his band. Enjoy. Only and all you wild fans, don't be scared to make some noise. Think you're bad, think you're strong, come up.